in case you missed it on Newsbreak. Yeah, I think it's official. It's winter. <laughs> so I hope you're having a warm Saturday as the temperatures start to plummet across the country and hope you are uh, taking the necessary precautions to keep yourself safe and I think um, you know, away from too much of cold as to not um, make yourself susceptible to catching a cold because that's going to possibly then mean that... Um, you have to take a lot more precautions to get your immune system up. And I think in a time of pandemic, we need to keep that immune system all steams running. So hope you're taking the precautions. I'm Tarish Hari Prashad and this is News Break Talk. Today we are talking about... Um, <laughs> Rachel, what are we talking about? It's our favourite time favorite of time. ever, ever, ever. I feel like breaking out in Christmas. I know, our like, time of the year. I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, can we even have an uh, an academic, high level co- uh, conversation about this? Because it's just literally our favourite thing in the world. It is. It is. I'm so wow. excited. The ball is rolling. And um, wow. So I think we need to start planning. Um, how much of coffee we're we going to be carrying in different pockets and you know crevices of ice, ice cream. all of that, all these <laughs> yeah, things yeah. to keep us awake. What we're talking about, if you don't understand, and I don't think you do, because we are uh, political nuts here <laughs> in studio. Yes, we are nuts. Politi- so yeah, nerds. yeah, political nuts. So we are talking about the fact that South Africa is likely to vote in the local government elections on the 27th of October this year. Now this still needs to be proclaimed by president so we await that and i think it becomes official official when that happens but in the meantime um you know president has 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 given us a date 27th of october for local government elections an amazing amazing time um interesting to see the impact covid19 has had on it in terms of you know um what i think the global discourse tells us that the pandemic and COVID-19 has really presented the cracks in each system, in each socio-economic, socio-political system. Pandemic has displayed those cracks to a great extent. So how is that going to help you cast your ballot potentially on the 27th of October? Very interesting to see. And in addition, the other aspect of elections in a pandemic is, well, how much of precautions is there going to be uh, October 27th not you know it sounds like a long time away but hey not too long in the grand scheme of things in terms of the way um, elections manifest so much is going to be happening now and it's just going to be one after the other so what level of precaution is one going to take I wonder where South Africa is going to be in terms of the pandemic on the 27th of October so what are the precautions that the IC is going to take that you're going to take and also the ongoing issue of poor voter turnout. Is that going to be a thing again? Uh, apathy at quite high levels, is it really going to exacerbate? So as you can see, the brain just ticks and ticks and ticks um, about uh, elections. And Rachel, I mean, your thoughts on it, I think... Um, yeah, <laughs> busy time. Busy time. Everything that you're saying is so true. Things that we are concerned about. Of course, yes, as individuals, as South African citizens, we want to be involved in the governance of our country. But with the concerns of the pandemic, I mean, really now, I want the safest way in which to vote 
ensuring that I'm not uh, exposed to COVID-19. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at that like the mark that they put on your thumb, right? And I know for the US election, they were using like swabs to do it. Yes, There's not a yes. pen no. that touches everybody. Everybody. You know? So it's these wonderful things. And wow, I just cannot wait to run into that field and report. Will I be able to run into that field and report though? Because everything is done yes. virtually now. Yes, it so is. So am I going to host an election debate virtually? I mean, of course, this is stuff for us to talk about here within our team. But I mean, you know, you just think about elections in a pandemic. Very exciting times. Yeah, okay. Uh, the new norm. Okay, the so new election you know, norm. The new election norm. That's enough of us. I want to talk to you now. Your thoughts on 27th of October being proclaimed as the uh, date for local government elections. Well, not proclaimed yet. We're waiting for President to do that. But that is the date we're working with right now, local government elections on the 27th of October. What are your thoughts, your immediate, your initial thoughts, you know, and from what we've been talking about here on the program, a lot of you have been saying, I want to be respected more as a citizen of the country, as a vote-casting citizen of the country. Isn't this your time then to, to show the political system of South Africa that, wait a second, I know what I can do with my vote and I'm going to do something different or I'm going to do the same and get the same result. So interesting times. When we come back, we speak to the IEC, all systems go, they say, let's find out more about that. Catch your daily dose of all the latest trends, interesting conversations with a lineup of newsworthy guests and you, Mzanti, taking the fourth seat. Same dynamic hosts, new time slot. Join the Trending SA Roundtable every weekday as we unpack topical issues and fiery trends from your timeline to the screen. It's Trending SA, weekdays at 5pm only on S3. The Safa National Women's League is back in action with the new season this weekend. Swane University of Technology opens the curtain with the University of the Western Cape. The capital city battles it out with the mother city. And the winner will go top of the lock standings. Who will it be? Catch TUT versus UWC on the SABC Sport Channel on Open View Channel 124 and SABC 1 this Saturday, 24 April at 2.30 p.m. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport. Bottom half takes on the top half in the FA Women's Super League clash. Tottenham Hotspur women visit Manchester United in search for glory. Will Manchester United women secure victory in their own backyard? Presley United finds the second, doubles the lead for the Reds. Or will Rian Skinner and her troops travel back home with smiles? Rips it into the near post. Oh, what a shot! Fantastic finish! Catch this thrilling encounter between Manchester United women and Tottenham Hotspur women this Sunday, the 25th of April at 1pm live on the SABC Sport channel on Open View Channel 124. Hashtag, this is our game. Brought to you by SABC Sport. So you're just unable at this point now to really connect um, with the IEC and what the glitch is. But they did speak about um, voter registration, which, of course, is a very big aspect of it. Very important uh, precursor to getting the ball rolling with regard to elections, local government elections. And you can't vote if you're not registered. So 
we did check in with Chief Electoral Officer, no, rather um, Chief Electoral Officer Simon Mbolo says that they're going to take the necessary precautions to ensure that COVID-19 health protocols are adhered to. But Mawe Tumosri, the IC's Deputy Chief Electoral Officer, says they are on track with it. So let's find out from him exactly what the system of operation is. Some were referring to their traditional methods of campaigning, uh, like rallies and big stadium meetings, wanting to do those kinds of activities. And one other submission was around door-to-door campaign, visiting people's homes, saying it is also a super spreader in its own right. So the Minister of Cooperative Governance and traditional affairs, Dr. Nkosas Natlamini Zuma, was also part of the meeting. Did she give an indication as to when uh, the date and the attendant issues or details will be gazetted? We hope that the proclamation of the date would come in early August so that it allows for candidate nomination during the first two weeks of August and thereafter uh, the rest of the program uh, towards the election and we'll obviously give a timetable of the election just after the gazetion of the election date. But before we gazette, we obviously have a task to encourage all young citizens of this country, especially your first-time voters, to go and register and be on the voters' roll. Because of the date of gazetting, uh, the election date closes the voters' roll. So we have a task in the next 12 weeks as the Electoral Commission to encourage registration of voters. So on the one hand, the commission is encouraging people to go and vote, but also the commission announced that only one voter registration weekend uh, was going to take place due to resource constraints. Isn't it problematic to embark on this process with tight finances? We would have a weekend, which is a full two days of registration. But prior to that weekend, we will be sharing with you some of the new developments in the election management space where we are encouraging self-registration, which will be a digital platform we will uh, launch very soon. We are also encouraging the visiting of our offices uh, with all the COVID-19 protocols in place for purposes of registration. Currently, we have a program with the Department of Education where we are visiting schools and also capturing most of your young and first-time voters onto the voters' roll. So there are a number of initiatives and activities on our side as the commission uh, to say even if we have the one registration weekend, but there would be sufficient opportunity for all to come forward and register for this uh, general election. Interesting times. IEC's Deputy Chief Electoral Officer Mawe Tumosiri there. We are trying to connect to IEC and to get more details on the systems that are in place. So we are going to try and bring you that conversation. Um, I look forward to that. But in the meantime, we'd love to know your thoughts on the fact that 27th of October is most likely going to be the local government election in South Africa. And I want to know your thoughts, your ideas and your expectations of this local government election. A really cool one has come through now from Chapter 2. 
and it is something that we've been talking i think for the past 4 years intensely and i think he's raised such a salient point here so let's listen to him good afternoon to you taresh and to listeners you know if somebody could make me understand how does one vote for a party that split through factionalism how does one vote when you vote for the anc what are you voting for which part of the anc a split anc now that's not a way to vote thank you from chapter 2 factionalism and a lot of power play um we're led to believe within the ruling party and interesting point i think that's that's a conversation a, a separate talk show for us um in its own to look at you know um what sort of consolidated agreement and political might is being put forward by the ruling party when they govern because ultimately i think people would want to know that their vote is going into a party with the universal ethos where it is everybody on the same page but if they're not mm, risky on your vote isn't it so another um message that has come through Zahir Danbar of Phoenix um it's 100% proven that most of the council offices in the near and surrounding areas in Phoenix uh which means councillors witness the many street lights burning during the day right near the offices while we go through on and off load shedding um right near the main road there where all councillors pass the street lights they've been burning i don't understand what burning means like burning for 6 months yet all councillors seem to a uh, need to go to as officers with disability grant as they seem blind or not because they don't see the problems and they don't have it fixed yeah local issues are here and that is ultimately what the local government election is about and it's about putting this to the fore to the surface to the front line and saying hey listen councilor you didn't fix this now why must I vote for you so that's ultimately the exciting part of local government elections and it's definitely something for you to take cognizance of on the build up to local government elections to october okay so when we come back we um take more of your sentiments and also check in with ic and to see if they're ready for us stay tuned Since its dawn, the very first signature of our democracy, we have seen it all: the hope, the growth, the victories, and the celebrations. But we have also seen the stops, the failures, and the tears. Twenty-seven years and counting, we understand that ours is a journey where freedom is the centerpiece. Live free with SABC. but the best the official drive with Lloyd Paul as part of autism awareness month we are chatting to Prashant Parusna he recently graduated with a degree in business administration and has a passion for computer programming and graphics Prashant is living with high functioning autism what does this mean people like me have problems with body language even though i can speak and i can function relatively normally i have problems communicating with other people and building relationships it makes it very hard to get a job to build relationships and a lot of things that ordinary people take for granted you need to resolve dangerous situations. I was lucky in that I was able to join Action Notice and they taught me how to use body language and how to interpret body language so that I socialize with other people. Lotus FM. Yeah. Yeah. Share the experience. 
The build up time to local government elections. Um, and I'm very happy to be speaking to somebody who, um, <laughs> you know, is as, um, I think, sentimental as the election time himself. And that is none other than the IEC's Deputy Chief Electoral Officer, Mawetu Mosri. So we always connect during this time. So it's great to have you on the program. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your listeners. I'm also very grateful uh, to be with you. And uh, obviously, there are some major electoral democracy activities and events coming up for our country as we prepare for this 2021 general election. Thank Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think initially, any election is challenging and difficult to put together. And I think... The IEC has been effectively being able to do that for so many, so many years now. But this year, it's one like you've never, ever been ready for, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, True to that statement, we've had many elections. Obviously, this is the sixth uh, local government general election coming up for us. And uh, we do get satisfaction on an election well run, uh, but more importantly, when the outcome of the election is accepted without uh, question and doubt, uh, and gives legitimacy to those elected. And uh, indeed, this particular general election uh, has new things for us uh, that we have to manage. And one of those big ones is obviously the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which which would be the first to organize around it and also the first general election to take uh, place uh, during a pandemic with all the restrictions that we have around us. What are some of those plans then, if you could take me through it? I think when you immediately look at the nature of pandemic, one has to talk about the issue of social distancing, which is severe, the issue of the technical aspect of it now, because, you know, the world is pushing toward a a virtual space. Um, mm. And I know you're also doing the same. You're placing the old zip-zip scanners. So, so what are the salient starting points to modify this election in October? Well, first, uh, we had to mod- modify the legislative framework uh, going into this election, and uh, that modification uh, has to do with uh, the collection of addresses from voters. Uh, we've uh, sponsored and uh, argued successfully with the legislatures of our country that a provision in law must be made that, uh, to afford anyone who's not given an address, uh, that that address is collected on voting day, and we still are able to allow those individuals to vote. The second one uh, is obviously new technology that we're bringing into this election. As as you have said, that our zip-zip has reached the end of its uh, shelf life. Uh, we will be having a new gadget that will assist us to manage the voters' role, to manage the registration of voters. And then third uh, significant uh, other introduction uh, is digitizing a few of our processes. One of those is candidate nomination. 
secondly, it is the recruitment of our personnel for voting stations. We've uh, put it on digital platforms. And thirdly, it is the training of those uh, election officials, which also we've put uh, on digital platforms. So there are quite a number of advances uh, that we, we we are introducing there. And then the last one is obviously COVID-19, which has brought uh, the new uh, behavior and conduct around the voting stations, but also for the campaigns of political parties. Uh, The campaigns are restricted uh, in terms of uh, how big the gatherings should be, in terms of the disaster management uh, regulations. And obviously, it's going to pose challenges for political parties and other political role players, including ourselves, because now our voter education needs to shift to radio uh, to a large extent, as well as social media to a large extent, and less printed uh, uh, materials and less gatherings on our side and community meetings. Yeah, that's you know a, a big rollout there, and definitely something yeah. to to watch, take expression, take form over the months. But on, and I know it's possibly premature. I don't know. You can you can advise me on that. But what is the vision for actual voting process? I know by elections were held uh, mm-hmm. in fourteen wards in seven of the country's provinces. So quite a nice little litmus test for the IEC. Um, those elections happened during the course of this week, and. What modifications are there to the voting process itself on actual voting day? Um, you know, because this is a, uh, it's, it's a tense time in the sense that, you know, there are protocols to follow. There's a lot of security issues. There's a lot of transparency to maintain a confidentiality alongside that transparency. So in a time of pandemic, how do you envision voting day to progress? Voting day, to a large extent, must respect the general protocols around the pandemic. Uh, Every voter must wear a mask, uh, every party official, uh, and every uh, electoral commission official must wear a mask. Secondly, uh, we must sanitize at voting stations. We have supplied sanitizers for all uh, voters as well as staff. And thirdly, we have uh, created a, a, a way to manage the queuing at voting stations so that we maintain uh, sufficient and reasonable social distancing. And then fourthly, inside the voting station, the layout uh, must promote that uh, uh, social distancing uh, protocol. Uh, in that the way we will settle party agents, the way we will settle our officials inside the venue must accommodate uh, social distancing. And lastly, we are also introducing inside the voting station a new mechanism to put the ink on the voters' thumb. Uh, We are now using disposable cotton bags, which will ensure that it is only for one use for that voter and it is disposed so that we reduce 
a possibility of contamination of those bags or a hand to ink the thumb of the voter. And then we encourage voters, those who want to, to bring their own pens. We will still provide pens and we will sanitize those pens. But in the event a voter prefers to bring his or her own pen, we will uh, allow that at the voting station. So that, those are the practical steps and the arrangement around the voting day. Uh, and then we've been interacting with political parties about their tents, their tables outside the boundary of the voting station to also maintain these protocols of the uh, COVID-19 virus. Yeah, most definitely. I think that's basically where a lot of um, attention is going to be focused on in terms of protocols. Don't want that, um, you know, big buzzword along the course of of COVID-19 has been super spreader events. So the last thing I think IC would want is for the election to be ever labelled that. But I think as you leave us, Mr. Musri, you're talking about a massive national voter registration campaign um, for the participation in the local government elections. Part of this is due to, you know, consistent low voting turnout. I know for the by-elections that did take place, there was concern being raised about that low voter turnout in in many of the wards. How do you envision this campaign to take place? I know you did mention a lot of social media, but to actually have South Africans understand the importance of their vote, that's somewhere where the IEC perhaps has not really hit the mark over the years. So how are you going to change that? Uh, The aspect of uh, informing voters uh, about the elections and uh, encouraging them to go and participate is always a challenge with every general election and even more so in by-elections. Yes, the voter turnout uh, in this last by-election was about 40%, uh, which is not too far from the usual mark. Uh, of general elections of local government. But ideally, uh, we would look at 58% registered voters uh, coming out to vote during the general election or above that. Uh, And therefore, we we are looking at encouraging first-time voters we're visiting schools, we're doing programs with uh, youth desks of municipalities, and we are visiting religious uh, and faith uh, formations to actually talk to young people who have never voted, who are not registered, and encouraging them to to, to register. And particularly our work with uh, basic education, that's where we expect to attract most of the young people. We will have media-based campaigns, but more importantly is a platform uh, that we get from SAPC Education where we have weekly engagements on the reasons to participate in elections for the citizens of the country. So with all of that work, we do hope to encourage more people to come out and vote, as well as register uh, those who are not registered. And those who have not given us uh, their addresses, we encourage them to, do, to give us those addresses.
addresses. But also yeah. we are bringing in technology also to uh, to assist. Soon we will announce a self-registration uh, online for voters to access and update their addresses without having to visit our office as the Electoral Commission. Yeah. So, IEC's Deputy Chief Electoral Officer, Mawe Tumozri, thank you for your time. But as you leave us, just a parting shot then. Um, any idea when voter registration, a date for voter registration? Um, thank you very much. Uh, we have not designated a particular weekend at this stage. Uh, obviously, we're looking at the new technology and the training of our personnel. We do expect it on the latter part of June or the early part of July. And it will be the only opportunity we'll have uh, in South Africa to go to the voting stations to register. And we will announce a specific uh, weekend in the next few weeks. Thank you for the opportunity of being with you. We look forward to that. Mr. Mosley, take care of yourself and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Okay, so the new normal reaches the election and the way elections are being done, being planned, being marketed and most importantly being conducted. Wonderful to understand this and to be a part of it. Interesting times. So yes, lots of messages have come through here on social media. We're going to go to them live in a short while. Um, And your voice notes as well. Look forward to hearing from them. So stay tuned. Joe Hallesberg, your favorite expo, Incredible India Shopping Festival is back at the Mall of Africa, Entrance 25, Park 8E, Lone Creek Crescent from the 23rd of April to the 9th of May. 17 days only with no extensions, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Entry is free. Entry is free. Exclusive men's and ladies' wear, saris, punjabis, kurti tops, home deco, so much more. Incredible India Shopping Festival back at Mall of Africa, Entrance 25, Park 8E5, 23rd April to the 9th of May. Remember, 17 days only. It is bumper to bumper in the DSTV Premiership season with just a few games to go. As the going gets tough, reigning champions Abafana Style, Fati Asjidi, while Amakosi hunt for space in the top eight. Catch top class commentary, drama, and passion of Ibola Lasim Zanzi. Mamilori Sundowns versus Kaiser Chiefs. Tune in to SABC One and your favorite SABC radio station in your language of choice. This Sunday, 25 April at 2.30 p.m. Hashtag We Love It Here. Brought to you by SABC Sport. His Worship the Mayor, Councillor Mkulisi Kawunda, urges all Etenguini residents to partake in the upcoming public consultation hearings on the 52.3 billion rand draft budget for 2021-2022. The draft budget has been developed to create stability and give hope amid the devastation of the pandemic. The budget will be consulted together with the draft IDP, annual report and spatial development framework. Hearings will be held in the coming weeks with all communities and in keeping with COVID regulations and protocols. To view all draft documents, go to www.durban.gov.za and watch the press for details. And it's 20, about 20 to 1 on Newsbreak Talk. Good afternoon to you. I'm Tare Shari Prashad and we are talking about the IC and their state of readiness for elections, local government elections as 
envisioned to be on the 27th of October. So the build-up to that is quite interesting and we are still going to be talking about some analytical issues now about it and the build-up to those elections. But I want to go to WhatsApp, some uh, text messages that have come through that I want to get through. And Ramba Mudli in Phoenix says now that local elections um, are here. Um, we'll see all the ministers coming around for false promises. <laughs> savage, savage. Kenny Naika from Phoenix says local government elections are a waste of time and money. Streetlights are not fixed in Phoenix. Uh, on the issue of um, lights, Zahir Danbar explained earlier when he said a burning, he says the lights are still on um, even when it is bright. So, yes, Gani Naika talking there about streetlights in Phoenix. Roshni says, uh, I will not be voting because when we need help, they don't respond to us. I found a few political parties regarding the police to serve a peace order um, and no one could help me. Nearly dropped the case and I've been phoning the police for the past six months. Rohini says, Namaste. I thank you for the informative program. Glad you're enjoying it, Rohini. And some more me- messages that have come through now. Um, Niramana Devi Mudli says, with so much um, dampness and no efficiency, especially the way our basic necessities and essentials in communities suffer, how does one choose a party? For no one party proved us otherwise. So that is um, in the frustration. We've got a pensioner who sent us a message. Dean Naidu says, I will never vote because corruption will never end under the ruling party. Raymond Chetty says, is there any job creation for local voting? Many people were affected by COVID. And that's from Raymond Chetty. So a lot of points already. And I think, you know, it's perfect now from to go through those sorts of um, sentiments and then to speak to Professor Jolene Steinkotzia, who's a political analyst joining us today. Professor Kotzia, it's been a long time since we spoke. So firstly, let me warmly welcome you onto the program. How have you been? Very well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's a beautiful day out in Quebeja. Ah, you know what? I'm actually going to need you to help me pronounce that a little bit better because I'm pretty certain when I come up there, I'm going to be, um, you know, using that name a lot. But... Um, Wonderful, wonderful to know that things are good in that part of the world. But you heard the general sentiment coming through now from the public. Um, COVID-19 has exacerbated their service delivery woes. It has highlighted a lot of inefficiency in social structures and social systems that they want to use on a daily basis to achieve or receive whatever they'd like to. Taking that into account with this being the culture, already a battling lower voter turnout over the years with so many elections. Um, not a happy South Africa who wants to go to polls, is it? It's, it's, it's quite interesting to see because I think on the one hand, what we have seen with the COVID-19 pandemic and kind of lessons learned, um, you know, for governance, governance efficiency, um, questions of responsiveness, um, open and accountable and transparent governance, if critical questions have emerged, you know, you've got your government's deficiencies, and of course we all are aware of the high level of uh, what is now commonly referred to as the COVID corruption, which again starts speaking into the, almost that deficit of having an accountable and open and uh, a transparent government. But I think it's not a new thing, you know, that there is there has been a sense um, arguably, I would say from around 2011, that people do feel, well, my vote doesn't really make a difference, so why should I go? Um, you know, for example, our data 
uh, from the, the Social Attitudes uh, Survey within the Human Sciences Research Council shows that in 2017, as many as 51% of South Africans felt my vote doesn't make a difference, it's pointless. Um, and I think that is going to be the key issue, is trying to get people to the, the polls. But the big question then is, how are political parties going to build confidence and convinced almost an unconvinced voter or non-voter to take the time to go and make their mark in order to elect a local government? It was a stinker, though, wasn't it? I mean, to be served with these levels of allegations of corruption in a time of pandemic, literally people dying daily and the public purse still looted. I mean, you know, it sounds like a dramatic sort of narrative we're displaying here, but when you look at it in that in that light, I mean, what impact do you think this corruption narrative has had on the voter now? Because this wasn't just day-to-day corruption, which in itself is a cancer, but now in a time where there's constrained resources, not enough money to fight the pandemic, we imagine, and people dying, does the public purse still get looted? So what impact has that had on the mindset of the voter? You know, I think uh, for me, the key impact or the key issue would be a further undermining um, of political trust in institutions and in governance institutions, um, also uh, 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 impact negatively on trust in terms of integrity of representatives and officials who serve and are supposed to serve people on those um, public institutions and govern- government departments. And I think that is going to be a major, major, major challenge um, for the African National Congress, you know, going out and convincing people. We all know that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, when he took the reins of power within the ANC, had a narrative of a new dawn. Um, He has, in his uh, what we call family meetings, addressed issues of corruption and allegations of corruption. He's written open letters. So um, the biggest big question then becomes is, is it enough to convince people then to go out? And of course, we also know that with the Democratic Alliance, they've had their own internal uh, factional politics playing out. And then it almost opens up the space for the economic freedom fighters a little bit, um, who are almost seen as, as within the context of the COVID corruption, trying to call out on uh, issues that have concerned many, many South Africans around corruption and public trust. Yeah, another big players there. Definitely interesting to dissect it, you know, in the build-up to the elections. And I actually look forward to that conversation with you at some point. But I want to talk about, and I know you've written a lot about this in in previous elections, the point of voter turnout, and you said it's nothing new. But... There were by-elections that took place in 14 wards in seven um, provinces in the country. I see putting out a number of 40.6% of a voter turnout. Of course, you know, you must compare apples with apples, so you can't compare a by-election with that of a municipal local government election. But this idea of apathy, it's always been there and we've highlighted some issues as to why people are apathetic, whether it is corruption, lack of service delivery, uh, lack of trust in public officials. One of the pointers that came through in the program was if we do vote for the ruling party, who are we voting for? There are two ANCs within one. So, so many issues why people don't want to go to the polls, right? 
what impact is COVID going to have on that? Because some people are actually too afraid to go out and socialize still because of the pandemic. What impact is that going to have on 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 you know voting? Um, you know, assuming that COVID still exists during October. You know, it, it, that is, I think, going to be kind of the, the key issue because we know that, for example, with the 2019 um, general South African general elections, what we saw was one of the lowest voter turnouts of just, just under 50% of, the, of eligible people going out to cast their, their ballot, um, which indicates that there was a lack of motivation to go to the polls. And, of course, with by-elections, um, you know, it's... It, almost also boils down to who the candidates are. Because you are at a more localized level um, in communities, do and people generally know who the representatives are, and if representatives are able to motivate their supporters to go to the polls, then obviously that pushes your turnout, voter turnout a little bit further up. But I think with the, the 2021 local government elections, um, Given that there is already a sense almost of a, 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 what I would argue, a politics of futility, you know, the act of voting is futile, nothing changes. It's a narrative that has been with us for for quite a number of years in our democratic history. Um, And now to say, okay, I need to go and risk my life in order to go and cast my vote. Do I really want to do that? Um, Could potentially negatively impact on voter turnout. And I think a result of that, that depending on which party's voters do go out to vote, we could find ourselves once again in a situation of where political parties need to try and create coalition governments. And as we know, our history um, or our experience with coalitions and different political parties working together is not so um, impressive, uh, impressive. Yeah. Always the coalition aspect of it does become very impressive. Professor, some education while you're on the line, right? We do know that there have been amendments made to the um, Electoral Act. Of course, this came through about last year when um, the Constitutional Court ruled that the country's Electoral Act is unconstitutional on the grounds, specifically, that it didn't allow citizens to be elected to the national and provincial legislatures as independent candidates and I know that's been changed and there's a lot of discussion about that you know sigh of relief basically um, many were saying is that going to find expression in as early as October are independent candidates then now likely and able to stand um, for the local government election taking that constitutional ruling into account we have seen you know as you kind of through our electoral history the rise of the independent candidate at ward committee uh, ward committee level. Um, and again, from approximately 2011 onwards, there has been a substantial increase of individuals who go out and stand as independent candidates um, for the ward vote um, and within the context of a local government election. The critical issue there, I think, boils down to resources. You know, you've got your financial resources. Um, and, and all of that that comes into play. And generally, political parties may be better resourced in order to run a much wider spread campaign as opposed to an individual who may not necessarily have access to those same resources. So as much as the, the ruling is welcome, I think there are still some technicalities which can actually impact on the success of independent candidates in terms of 
um, you know, getting their seats and getting representation or representing constituents. Yeah, that's going to be, well, something to watch. But I think, Professor, as you leave us now, and just a final question to you, um, the point of change. And it has been a big narrative. And I think specifically with the likes of a lot of new political vehicles, you know, sometimes you can't even call them parties, uh, they refer to themselves as civic organizations, civic movements. Um, the, the the point being punted in, a, in an era of... Um, traditional politics, you know, where you have your top three or your top four that have been, you know, running about the political system for a good couple of years, kind of doing the same thing almost. And now you have the emergence of different sprouts of, of, of energy and, and, and different vibes that want to bring different dynamics to the electoral system. Mm-hmm. Having said all of that in that narrative, in this build-up, what are your thoughts on the issue of change? Many say to us, I, am, I vote for the same party every year and nothing changes in my ward. Many say, well, then you need to vote for somebody else then. Your idea on how the change expression finds itself when one goes to polls? You know, I think it's, it's a very, very difficult question and it's not, well, not difficult. I would rather say complicated question. Um, because we also have to bear in mind that we we are a society that is that essentially comes from a history that has cemented a legacy of inequality, um, you know. And what I've picked up in some of my work, for example, um, in in your your um, in, in very poor and marginalised communities, are questions around saying. Well, you know what? Previously, we didn't have a clinic in the community, but there's a clinic now. Yes, it doesn't work very well, and we don't get good service, but having a clinic is better than having no clinic um, at all. So on the one hand, you've got that narrative, but also within the narrative of change, you have a narrative that says we're heading towards 27 years of freedom. We will be celebrating uh, Freedom Day uh, next week, uh, Tuesday. And there is a sense that it's an empty freedom. You know, if you, uh, our lives have not necessarily changed for the better. We still find ourselves in the same situation. Um, so I'm not going to go out and bother to vote. And I think for me, the change narrative is what is one of the biggest challenges for political parties in their campaigning. It's really to try and convince people not just to vote for them, because that's the ultimate goal of a party campaigning, but how are political parties going to motivate people to actually get out and go to the polls um, prior to even trying to convince people to vote for a specific political party? Professor Jolene Steinkotzer from Kabecha. Did I do it correctly? Almost, almost there, and I apologize for my very vocal chicken in the background. <laughs> um, he is extremely confused um, as to what time of day it is. I uh, know, but it's fine as long as as long as you're keeping him healthy and safe. But yes, I'm making progress. So I think when I come up to Kabeha, um, you can teach me properly how to say it. I will try. <laughs> Professor Kotzer, thanks for your time. Professor Jodine Stein Kotzer, they're giving us some political analysis on the build up to local government elections. When we come back, we listen to some of your voice notes, get a sense of what you're saying on the program today.
The Bundesliga will be on display in yet another battlefield with German excellence. Wolfsburg have fought hard this season, but it might be a little too late, while Borussia Dortmund will try and fight for the top four. Catch VFL Wolfsburg versus Borussia Dortmund this Saturday, the 24th of April at 3 p.m. live on the SABC Sport Channel on OpenView Channel 124 and SABC3. The German Bundesliga. Hashtag German excellence meets Mzansi passion. Proud to report to you by SABC Sport. For the love of the game. It's about seven minutes left on the program. I'm Tarish. This is Newsbreak Talk. Let's hear your sentiments today, Mr. Louis Pillay. Good afternoon, Tarish and Rachel and the Newsbreak team. Yes, the local government is important for every one of us. It's not the party. You must vote for someone in your own community that can stand up for you. So you need to fight that. So it's not who you know or what you know or what party you belong to. It's the person that's running your area. If you look at the IDP process, if you look at the way we control things, our fire hydrants was not serviced for over 25 years. Our streams, gutters, dongas hasn't been clean. So what is the local government is all about? So we must know, we must push our local councillor in order to get service. Thank you, Louis Pillay Durban. Appreciate it, Mr. Pillay. Thanks so much for that. Uh, let's go some more now on the program, Mr. Daniel Chillin. Hello there. Hi, this is Daniel Joshua Chillin. My personal opinion about the local votes is people have been complaining about the current parties and they've been protesting about service deliveries. So I personally believe you vote for somebody in your community that is representing your community that can stand and do the work. Mr. Chellen, thanks so much for that. Appreciate it. I'm going through as many voice notes as I possibly can on the program. Bina Ramthari, hello. Om Sairam, local and national voting should be abolished in our country and throughout the world. It causes a lot of problems, it costs a lot of money, and it costs, it costs a lot of lives. Hmm, I think electoral systems, though, are um, the fundamental of democracy, so I don't think you can abolish it based on the fact that South Africa is a constitutional democracy. Mr. Ian Governor, hello there, sir. Good afternoon, Taresh and the team. Local government elections come and go. Nothing changes on the ground. Prospective councillors canvass for votes, and this is the first and the last we see of them. Promises are made, and when the election is over, forgotten. Service delivery is non-existent in many municipalities. We are tired of lies and promises. You can fool all the people some of the time, and some of the people all the time, but you cannot fool all the people all the time. A quote by Abraham Lincoln. Thank you. Mr. Governor, thanks so much for that. 
it's sad when people say that that nothing changes everything is the same nobody listens it's it's incredibly sad to know this salim adam i teresh election season is beginning to hot up and there going to be plenty of election talks going out now one must look at what is happening if you look at the service delivery problems blackout with electricity load shedding so many municipalities water services is crumbling untrained cuban engineers are now in this country what is really the problem people need to have a critical thinking if you follow the last couple of elections that took place what is the pattern anc is winning winning more wards retaining wards the da is losing wards eff they are not going anywhere yeah i think salim adams point is important follow the patterns and and look at the impact um those voting patterns have has on service delivery um had to cut that one short to mr roy singh hello good afternoon to the news break team my concern is that india is losing thousands of people because they don't have enough oxygen enough beds hospitals are being burnt and the people are suffering they don't have enough place to uh, do the last rites so question to the news break team is that if we take the vaccination especially the elderly or to anyone what prevents us from getting covid-19 again Thanks Mr. Singh. Well, obviously we're talking about elections. We're not really talking about COVID. I don't have an expert in to answer that question, so I can't really answer it. But um the um guess that is the that is the thing with with treatment, isn't it? I mean, one never really knows about it. Um but yeah, I don't have an expert in to answer that question. We will definitely endeavor to get that question answered for you. Selvin on the line. Hello. Hi Thomas, sorry to call so late, but if you manage to stick this in, uh, my basic uh, suggestion is those standing for local elections and even national and government uh, elections should uh, have a minimum qualification. So in that way, you can weed out uh, villainous candidates who just go in there for the funds, and they must have some understanding of environment and geography and social cohesion. They must have passed some exams before they stand for elections. Thank you. Selvan, thanks for that. We're going to leave it there now. A lot of messages. I apologize if I've not gone through it all. Anila and Kherunisa says, I will not vote. Shamay Naidu says, um, appreciate the coverage on vital issues. I'm, I'm so glad. Um, all they do is make empty promises over the loudspeaker when driving past. They just don't deliver. Kate Pillay from Stanger says, voting is pointless in the country. Kalash Akhti says, over the years, promises have, been, uh, full, have not been fulfilled and basic needs of people like water and housing and electricity has not come to the fore vino jagesar says i'm rather disappointed that councillors in my area of duff road have not been um doing much colin says we are struggling to get rid of uh, sorry to get um id identity documents from matric students how are they going to get to vote ah 
that's a technical issue, Colin. Thank you for raising that. Yasmin Roy says, well, fortunate enough in Newcastle, we in our ward and have a wonderful councillor. Great to hear success stories like that. Vitesh Rajpal of Durban says, Namaskar, the voting for government should be scrapped and we should have a system like the royal rule. Really, Vitesh, I wonder. So, yeah, time is up now. I'm going to have to leave it there. We'll have to say goodbye to you. Broadcast came away courtesy of the team. Executive producer Selma Patel and Rachel Vadi. I'll talk to you tomorrow from Itare Ashe. Have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM. Powered by SABC News.